0: Welcome back to the CrossFit Bath Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jason Croxon, and on this episode I was once again joined by Ollie. A bit of a strange one, a little bit of a role reversal, so uh, you'll see what I mean once the episode begins. Before we get there though, a fair bit of, of housekeeping with regards to the podcast, so I just wanted to get through uh, before the actual episode. First of all, um, we recorded this about two weeks ago, so at that time the gym was running as normal, life was well was pretty much... Uh, running as normal. So if we don't sound like we're we're panicking or we're not you know, really taking uh, coronavirus too seriously, uh, this was a couple of weeks ago uh, before sort of everything was shutting down. So uh, we obviously will have an episode coming out soon uh, that's more recent where we will we'll discuss obviously things that have happened uh, with regards to the box and the gym and, uh, and what's going on. And obviously with regards to uh, coronavirus and the gym being closed, uh, the fact that I'm not going in uh, to train, we're not seeing each other uh, as we normally would. Uh, I'm going to try my best to actually increase the the frequency of the podcast. So I'm going to try and have it coming out every week now, as opposed to every other week, uh, just so we can still chat, get some topics out there, uh, have something to do while we're all stuck at home. And still on on this topic of <laughs> the changes because of the the change in circumstances, the fact that uh, I'm going to pretty much have to record all my podcasts now remotely uh, over the internet which means anyway we usually have the webcams on, so I thought why not uh, record the video as well. So now we've uh, made a YouTube channel, you can find all the old episodes are on YouTube, obviously just audio. Uh, this will be the last one probably, that will just be audio. Uh, it will still be released in an audio format every week wherever you're listening to it now, but there will also be a video version that will be available on YouTube. And as we're all going through uh, this situation kind of together, I just want to mention that the the members spotlight, as we quite often called it, uh, I think it's better just to call that the listeners spotlight. So if you're listening uh, and you're not from Trowbridge or or Bath, just let us know anyway. Where, where do you train? What do you do? How did you find CrossFit? So we'd love to hear not just from the members that we have locally, but also the listeners wherever you are in the world. The very final thing that I have to mention is that on our last episode, well, I was going to say we, not my fault. Sam didn't know which Simon we were talking about. So I want to apologize and apologize probably twice because I'm possibly going to butcher his name. Uh, but it was Simon Lobo Morel uh, who trains at the 7 a.m. class. Uh, so probably, you know, at 7am, Sam's still trying to beat the kettle in his mobility watch, So That's probably why he couldn't remember. So that's a very long intro. It's also a very long episode. I think Ollie calls it as probably the longest. I think it was going to tie with Shaq's for length, but um, probably the intro has pushed it over. So let's head on over and see what Ollie and I had to talk about. Here we are. Here we are, Jace. Back at Bath, which is nice, upstairs with Ollie surreal to have you back. I do still exist. You you do. Since you were last on the podcast you had Sid which seemed to go very very well. Uh, I think you went to France and did some training there with the lads. You were in Miami at Wadapalooza and instead of talking about any of these very exciting (laughs) things (laughs) you thought it would be a good idea that we just flip everything on its head today and you interview me. Absolutely. I'm not sure it's a good idea, but...
1: I think it's a great idea, Jace. You know, we get to hear your beautiful voice every week. And I think the listeners at home would love to hear a little bit more about you and, and your journey. So um, we're going to kick off in true CrossFit Bath podcast style with some warm-up questions. And the first one is going to be from Kate Burles. She asked, what takes you out of your comfort zone?
0: Rob Bird. <laughs> I think is probably the easy answer. But I don't know really.
1: Answering questions on a podcast.
0: Actually, putting out the podcast definitely is always a very awkward feeling because you, you know, you you record it, you obviously think it's it's okay, and then you kind of are just leaving it for lots of different people to listen to and then give you feedback, which is always a bit scary.
1: Well, I, I don't want to I don't want you to- you know, blow your trumpet too much but you do a brilliant job mate you do we do and we really appreciate it and it's been a great medium for just the gym in general so we're very grateful that you you do take the time to to do it um i certainly enjoy listening to every week particularly the ones that don't have me on
0: you see there's the problem everyone has me on yeah
1: <laughs> i can see your challenge there yeah cool so doing the podcast
0: no i like doing the podcast putting the podcast out for other people to listen to is the uh is the, the scary bit
1: Lynser from the bridge. Uh, which athlete has inspired you? I, I'm presume I'm, I don't. I mean, there's quite a general one. I don't know whether this would be uh, athlete at a gym, a crossfit athlete, or just an athlete in general. Maybe pick one of all three. Oh, one
0: of all three. Okay. Where do I start?
1: At the gym. Who 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 who's inspired you in over the years at the gym?
0: Who's inspired me over the years at the gym? I, well, I don't know if it would. I'd say has inspired me the most. I think someone who's pushed me the most uh, is probably Matt longshaw yeah matt longshaw just because he's someone who's always he, he likes to do things right so he'll always give you that kind of little bit of feedback on what you're doing he makes sure he's, he's sort of
1: yeah he's a he's a model student i guess he stays within the realms of his capabilities and you know he does push himself but he he's got good awareness of where he's at and he's not afraid to take the time to get things right and do them correctly As you told the uh 10:30 class off today because about 50% of them, you know, all I was saying in the warm is technique, technique, technique. They all piled the weights on. They're all like trying to go max, like max, max reps, max weight in the in the in the workouts. I did a little pep talk afterwards, but <laughs> pep talk, um, nice. Yeah, Matt is definitely one person that you don't need to give that pep talk to. But you're pretty much like that, so you can see how that like, his influence, I guess, has brushed off on you. Well,
0: I think that's the annoying thing is that he he knows very well his limit and he somehow knows mine. So. He can be like, "Oh no, you should go a bit heavier on this one." You know, someone else might tell you, hey, "Go yeah. a bit heavier, you'll be fine." And halfway yeah. through the wad, you're dead. Yeah. But he kind of knows. Oh, I know you can do that, and he's he's just. I always know when we've partnered up, yeah. because I feel it a lot more the next day.
1: It's a very difficult thing to do, though, to get those things right. You know, A, you've got to understand the stimulus of the workout. So there's some awareness there, but then also understanding yourself and an awareness around yourself. To be able to have that awareness about somebody else, you know, is another layer. And that's kind of, you know, that's what we try and strive for in our coaches, that empathy and understanding of. And that's why it's really important that we do get to know the members and understand where they're at in their fitness journey. It's very difficult because a lot of you, but. We should always be striving to try and do that. And um, yeah, it's great that you know
0: members are doing that as well. It's awesome. And then, oh, what was the other thing so i got to think of? Athlete. An, an athlete.
1: So I guess an elite athlete. Not that Matt's not an elite athlete.
0: <laughs> Ooh, an elite athlete that inspires me. This is when my years of not watching any sport are really starting to haunt me. But I suppose in in the CrossFit realm then, mm-hmm. um, I think someone like Pat Vellner, yep. again, someone who is he's just kind of he keeps chipping away at it he's you know especially during the period when he was also studying sort of full time working and just doing crossfit in like that little bit of time he had off mm. to be able to podium at the games mm. and just still have a very sort of level head and mm. and not he doesn't seem to be all about the ego he's very calm cool collected and just uh, he just gets gets the job done
1: yeah, he's a humble guy, doesn't take himself too seriously, um, and he's a phenomenal athlete as well. So, And like you said, he you know, juggled. For those of you who aren't aware, Pat Vellner come second at the Games, just recently won Waterpalooza in Miami. Uh, very, very talented athlete. Many people uh, tip him to be the man to take down Frazier. still think he's got a little bit of work to do, but he's definitely right up there um he is uh he was training to be a chiropractor while he at the same year so he's studying to be a chiropractor, working and in a practice full-time and still came second across the Games. so uh that's no mean feat and very impressive you know competing against some of these professional athletes that all they have to do and all they have to worry about is training every day so he's going to be a, he's i'm really excited to see what he brings in uh, Madison in uh, at the games this year?
0: You going to be there?
1: I uh, don't know yet. Don't know. I definitely won't be travelling in the next couple of months. It's conveniently this coronavirus coming at a good time actually, because obviously Megan's having our third child next month. So I'm I've uh, deliberately not booked any
0: trips. Oh, and stuff. I've deliberately arranged coronavirus to, yeah. <laughs> to come at this time. Wow. <laughs> the uh,
1: the games most probably be my first trip away. I think depends on. Uh, whether CrossFit HQ want the country managers there. We we think they will, but we've not had any confirmation of that. So, so yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Providing all goes well with, with the baby and, you know, don't envy Meg me disappearing for seven, eight days with three little ones running around, but take them with you. <laughs> One day, hopefully. They've started doing CrossFit Kids, actually, over in Trowbridge, and they absolutely love it. And, uh, actually, breaking news just speaking to joe knight who does the uh kids classes over there and we're hopefully going to start teens class after easter on a wednesday and then if things go well hopefully roll out the the kids class again in a in all its glory like jen built a great kind of kids program and you know jen's decided to uh step down she's got her own family and stuff but hopefully not joe um joe's going to come in and fill that void which is exciting because i know there's Big demand for kids to get involved in the uh, kids program,
0: and, and Joe does an unbelievable job. My kids love it. So, as a dad, I'm, I'm hoping that happens. So, <laughs> that'll be nice.
1: Okay, one well, should we have one more? And I think this question will actually lead us into just uh, learning a little bit more
0: about you, Jace. Oh, so,
1: <laughs> Helen Grace Bennett, HG, uh, asks if you hadn't found CrossFit, what would your fitness program?
0: Look like? Well, I know what it looked like before. Yeah. So um, it would have been a very traditional kind of gym goer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or should I say traditional gym goer for a couple of months, yeah. followed by a long off period before I go back for a, a few more months again, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's odd because I know, like now, if I wasn't doing CrossFit, I would do Olympic lifting. I would just do that. But I feel like that's because. Of, getting, you know, of experiencing olympic lifting yeah. through crossfit yeah so i don't know if i'd never started crossfit if i ever would have kind of found found, yeah, lifting. found lifting in another way and if, if i had i probably i think i would have still like gone for that because I, I really enjoy that aspect of it but before that yeah it would probably have just been a kind of three times a week in the gym following some random program that gets boring after a a couple of months and then yeah and then yeah <laughs> spiral into uh eating too much and not doing yeah. anything before I finally get myself back into the gym
1: basically what you were doing before pretty much what I was doing. so before. that's a nice little segue I guess into I guess your CrossFit journey and how you found CrossFit how you started CrossFit where you started CrossFit and then what your journey's been like I guess up until this point so
0: wow um where do we begin yeah I well so how did you hear about CrossFit so, I, I I don't know exactly when I first heard about CrossFit. I, I can't kind of remember. I do I know for sure that the first things I ever heard about CrossFit were all negative. Okay, uh, definitely. So I'm going to say that probably I came across CrossFit um, through sort of YouTube videos that were probably yep. mostly CrossFit fails or just sort of odd. Yeah, you know, I think when I was talking with um, Sean, we were saying about how sort of it's those Instagram posts where something stupid happens that go viral and yeah. everybody sees. So I probably would have seen. Yeah, uh, because I was going to the gym, I was exercising, so I was w- within that sort of sphere of fitness. Just you had an interest in yeah. it, so I, you know, I was across the board on a, on a lot of things. Um, so I w- was aware of it. And uh, I worked with someone who was very into to fitness uh, and they'd often mentioned that they kind of wanted to do it. Uh, where we were living, I don't think there was any CrossFit at that, at that point. Now there is. Now they've opened a couple of... So where's that? Uh, so this was while I was living in Italy. Okay. So in, in Udine, which is a okay. more kind of industrial area uh, yep. of Italy. I think they've got two CrossFit boxes now. Uh, and then I was living in, in Venice for quite a while. And I know okay. they've got one, not on the island, but near... Yeah, that's one.
1: Of my friend runs that box actually. He, uh, he's the Matteo, great guy. He is a country manager yeah. for Italy actually. Well,
0: that's how so. I found out about that place because when I was living there, I didn't know there was CrossFit anywhere near. Uh, yeah. And then I heard him interviewed on, I think, the CrossFit podcast. Okay, back yeah, in the day, and uh, and that's how I was like, oh,
1: I was living right there. <laughs> he is, he is a great guy, Matteo. He is, um, he's got his work cut out for him at the moment because oh, he, yeah. they've got over a thousand cross so to give you some perspective as six hundred and eighty odd UK CrossFit affiliates, he's got over a thousand in Italy and obviously the the place is on shutdown and everyone's looking to him, you know, how to, what to do about the gyms and stuff and he's like, Well, you know, he's not an expert, he doesn't know. So um but yeah, great guy. So Italy, so that that's an unusual place to have been living. You don't sound very Italian, so
0: I'm not. So that probably be why. <laughs> yeah, I went to visit a friend. And said oh yeah it's quite nice I'll, I'll stay for a, a couple of weeks yeah that turned into a year that turned into ten <laughs> uh, met Rochelle in Italy yeah uh, and yeah, we got got married out there and just because of documents and things like that we just thought "Oh, it's easier to stay there okay uh, and then uh, after we had Harvey uh, I think he was about two when we kind of finally said you know what it's probably gonna be easier living in the UK so we moved, yeah. moved back here and then and that even it's actually because of Rochelle that I started CrossFit as well which is interesting because she again was was someone who was always very active in the past Uh, so like when I when we first met you know she would cycle everywhere didn't really use the car she was sort of always moving working quite physical jobs so always very active yeah and then when we got married I was working a lot she was working less and again like in Venice so I was going up and down bridges all day walking everywhere so losing weight and she wasn't yeah. Yeah. and then uh she had harvey so obviously that you know slows you down yeah so
1: we need to we need to get some mums on here actually and talk about their experience and their pregnancy through pre and post uh yeah crossfit journey pre and post baby because it's not, not an easy one i think we all take it for granted to you see it firsthand, don't you? And you think, actually, yeah, no, those those ladies, those women are, are rock stars. What they do. So, um, sorry. Anyway,
0: no, definitely. Give me a, give me a list of names, and we'll get them on. Yeah. yeah. So, as the the loving, caring husband that I am, we it was coming up to our anniversary, and I was sort of saying, "Look, you pick anything you want to do," because she was she wasn't so happy because going from you know how she was to. So yeah, the situation now. She wanted to be not in a
1: not a, you know away from a family. I guess like a direct family, like away from Italy.
0: Yeah, more just I think you know uh, in the kind of physical sense, just sort of yep. being very active to now not so active and w- w- yep. with you know a, a child at home and stuff. So yep. I was like, look, you pick you pick anything you want to do, any kind of fitness program, and we'll sign up for a year. That'll be kind of my gift to you for yeah, amazing. And um, we we came across CrossFit Bath. We we'd seen I think we'd watched one of the kind of games documentaries on netflix yeah and we we'd found crossfit bath and so we i said okay look contact them book in for the, the the drop-in and she didn't want to do it on her own yeah so she's like oh you have to come with me because i don't want to go on my own <laughs> so we actually came here on our anniversary <laughs> it was like our day out we had a babysitter we're like right we're gonna go and try crossfit that's yeah that's it so we came it's in coming back to me now we met you yeah and um it's a miracle that you stayed it's a <laughs> that I stayed and uh, to be honest you, you were you know I think if we hadn't met you and had that chat it would have been very difficult because we knew about the intro class which was going to be impossible for us to do because yeah. who's going to be looking after the baby if if well baby he's 2 years old but who would yeah. be looking after him if if um if we were both going out twice yeah, a week exactly. so we were able to arrange to do it individually or yep. well together with you Uh, so that that worked out really well so we came in did the did those uh, those intro sessions and then it's like gonna be three years next month so really yeah yeah. Uh, unfortunately Rochelle's kind of had to stop for now because we've had the second baby yeah Um, but she's gonna be a year next month as well okay so we're hoping maybe that Rochelle might yeah. be able to get back in for the odd drop in
1: it's a uh it's like a rubik's cube isn't it trying to manage schedules and i i, I own two gyms and i struggle to <laughs> make the time myself so it is it is really 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 tricky um yeah okay cool so it's from starting so three years i guess what are the what are the things that you what are the biggest things that you've learnt over the last three years from, um, let's start with fitness and then maybe about yourself. So I,
0: as as I've sort of said multiple times, I think on the podcast, I wasn't a like a sporty person at all. Um, always active and then sort of tried to stay, you know, I was never, well, I'm tiny, I was never overweight. I was never really out of shape, but I was just wasn't into any kind of sport. So what coming in, I, yeah, I didn't have, even that kind of baseline to be like oh yeah i'm fitter than i was before i'm or i'm I'm faster or slower it was just sort of okay i'm gonna try something this is the first time i've kind of done any any cardio in that wasn't because i needed to get from point a to point b sort of thing Uh, so that was it was interesting um i think coming in i immediately realized oh you've got to be very humble and not look at what everyone else is doing Uh, i think i had a a kind of this shoulder issue Coming in, and I that was when at the very beginning I was almost on this point of oh, maybe I can't do CrossFit because I'd come in, I'd load up the barbell, I'd do the workout, I'd go home, my shoulder was in agony, and I was just like, "I, you know, I can't then not do anything for two days because I did a workout, that's ridiculous. So maybe that's
1: counterintuitive, right? We're trying to get you fitter outside of the gym, so if you're battering yourself in the gym, can't do it for two days, then you know, it's pointless, isn't it?
0: Yeah, so uh. I thought, well, you know, and then I'm I'm looking at the work. I'm like, well, maybe if it's not doing too much shoulder so everything is shoulders here. It's, it's all, the bar is going over your head all the time. So I was like, well, you know what? I need to just drop the weight. So I remember going back to just using the empty barbell. I'm mean, like, yeah. I'm just going to do it. this And looking around, everybody else has a lot more weight on the bar than you. But I was like, no, I'm going to do it this way. And I just stuck at that and then slowly added that little bit, little bit, little bit. And now you know it's it's great i can do more than my body weight going overhead that was before yeah. you know just yeah. having a little bit on the bar was was causing this problem so i think immediately kind of recognizing it really doesn't matter what anyone else is doing just make sure you're doing what's going to benefit you um was probably the the biggest thing i learned yeah straight away and then i guess the importance of of technique and and following the cues i think it's <laughs> In our nature that we especially if we do something and we've you know get this from a to b we've done it and then somebody comes and says well yeah it's true you got it from a to b but actually the way you did it wasn't the best it's very easy to kind of shrug that off and say well hold on i did it i did it i did it it. who cares um and i think through the coaching here and and apart from it being like you know it's going to help you you're not going to hurt yourself I mean, particularly with like the Olympic lifts, when you when you hit it that right way, like the difference you feel yeah. doing it the right way and yeah. not, and and you know, a lot of the time it's not because we don't want to; it's just because it's complicated. It's very hard. It's very complicated, uh, and, we, and we can't do it. So even if we you know how to do it, we don't yeah. always do it. Uh, but when you when you hit it and you get it just right, it feels amazing. You're like Oh that that's yeah. how it should always feel. So I'm now you know you go from that kind of. Look, I've done it. Don't tell me anything. I've done it. To yeah, I did it. But can you tell me? You know, is there anywhere way I can do it better? Because actually, yeah. I know if I listen to you, it's going to help me. Yeah. So I think that's another. It's a lot of reprogramming, kind of the way we are generally yeah. in life that we sort yeah. of don't want people telling us things or
1: no. feedback's a difficult one, right? Feedback. I think someone someone did a, told me a brilliant analogy yesterday. They said that feedback is like medicine and doesn't taste very nice but you know it's going to make you better is, I think that's a brilliant analogy it is it's difficult and, you know and I, I think certainly in, my, in the, my early years of my coaching career I found it difficult to pull people up on stuff because I didn't want to offend them or want them to have that reaction you know like feel like I'm criticizing them but obviously as I matured I've actually sort of valued feedback myself and and, and having that mindset allowed me to feel more comfortable giving people feedback because they want them. And actually, generally, I think we've talked about this before, the types of people that we have at CrossFit, like we don't have idiots here because it's hard work and you have to be humble and you have to be prepared like yourself to take the weight off. Yes, people are going to be lifting weights around you. Um and uh, it's it's important, isn't it? And it's, and those people make it our lives much easier as coaches to give feedback as
0: well because you know you're willing to uh, receive it. So, so I don't, I don't know what else you want me to tell you about my my fitness. I feel like I mean I'm I'm very much I, I don't want to say average. I'm, I'm just yeah. I'm I'm very much like I'm doing this to be healthy, to yep. to play with my kids, to feel better about myself. So I I, I find walking that line is is interesting because obviously we've got a lot of people that are wanting to compete, do competitions and are pushing very hard. Yeah. Uh, and I I want to push hard to get the full benefit. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it, as you said, it's counterintuitive if I'm pushing so hard that then I'm at home and I don't have energy to do st- Like that's why I'm coming is to be able to. So it's it's trying to find that sort of that sweet spot between not just phoning it in and just moving for the sake of moving, Mm. but then at the same time, not absolutely burying yourself so that you...
1: Yeah. We have different priorities, don't we? And, you know, it's about staying in your lane and being comfortable that you know what your priorities are. And although there are temptations all around us, you know, you need to put yourself first and your priorities, not anybody else's that's around you. And although we all do the same workout, we've been talking about this a lot recently is how, how do we make it as individualized to you because you know this morning we everyone did the same workout it's very basic we had some snatch to begin with and then we had two elements shoulders overhead and double under and we probably had about 20 different iterations of that workout over the over the course of the morning and you know 20 odd people so not to, a bit more than 20 about 60 people so um and a lot of that a lot of your goals and what your aspirations are feed into that and what that you know workout looks like for you in that hour so and I
0: do think that again you know the, the coaching has helped a lot with that uh, I I think that you know times when you are limited by a movement or uh, you know quite often you'll have scaling options you know the, here's five scaling options and coaches are very you know open to you asking sort of you know this one I can't quite get this I think is going to be too easy is there a you know, something else, a middle ground here and, and yeah. then that's where they pull out some secret little tricks that they've got, I'll try this or try that. And and it has helped because I've seen again how scaling it back for a period of time has led to eventually getting that movement or that yeah. that thing. So, you know, something like a bar muscle up. I yeah. remember doing all the sort of work up to that point to finally being, Oh, I can actually do this now.
1: Yep. It's about laying the foundations, right? That's what they tell me. Yeah. And uh you know We've all been there. you know. We all want to run before we can walk. And it's so easily done. Um, and so I don't, I guess, discriminate anyone for that or look down on them. It's part of the, the process, right? And you were quite lucky early on, actually, that you were getting some grief of your shoulder that wasn't self-inflicted through the gym that actually forced you to rein things back and, and take it easy. Had you not had that niggle in your shoulder, maybe you would have been a bit more hard-charging inevitably had you know then picked up some sort of issue and then been forced to be like that so um it's interesting I would have would have been interesting to see how your approach would have changed had you not had that that shoulder niggle
0: actually well I guess we'll never know no, <laughs> I,
1: I've, I've got every I've got no doubt in my mind you would have been progressive and taken your time and 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 understood the process and I mean you're you're you're, you're would you would you agree that you're kind of a student of of CrossFit as well? You pay close attention to it, and you're very um, you're very aware, and you do a lot of reading and watching videos around it as well. So that helps you give you because obviously we only have an hour with everybody, and if there's twenty people in a class, you can't have those deep kind of conversations with people. Go right into the detail of approaches, etc. Um, whereas you do do a bit of background reading, and there are certain resources that you can you you know whether it's a skill to try and perfect or just generally how you approach your workouts at the gym, would you would you say that actually the fact that you are well read and you do spend time outside of the gym kind of researching has
0: set you up for success? Yeah, to a degree, I, I'd say. I think I I think that as well is there's that danger because because there seems to be this quite extreme almost left and right form of, of CrossFit, doesn't there, there is CrossFit for health and sort of this competing and trying to and i and i think that again that that's and i think both are good and they both serve a purpose yeah and i think you need to then know both and i think the danger is when you only know one side Mm -hmm. uh, and then everything is about how fast how hard how heavy you can go yeah and that while that serves a purpose without also the knowledge of how will this impact your health how will Mm -hmm. this help you what are your limits what are your goals you know when you have both sides you can balance it nicely and definitely seeing you know the best of the best and yep. hearing them tell you well this is how I managed to do this movement or this is something I used to do in my training that helped this was some little auxiliary work that I did that I found really helped me with this movement that's really useful yeah just seeing you know them programming a, a day in the life and their workout and then being oh that's what I need to do if i is insane so yeah. it's it's sort of being across the board in all things i quite like the the shift the fact that the health side of it is now being promoted a lot yeah i don't like it being done at the not honestly at the expense i mean i i definitely think it's a it's a whole yeah uh, it's just yeah it's it's i think on both sides you get extremes that are almost yeah. the other shouldn't exist and yeah i think the middle is somewhere comfortable
1: yeah so do you feel like it is a bit binary at the moment do you feel like it is a little bit like you either go down the health route or you go down the competitive route and because i always view it as a continuum and it's the fitness continuum you know you go from sickness wellness health you know and um it's um yeah it, it, it's people are on different paths and they're going in different directions of it as well you know, you've got people that are, they they start, you know, I think it's, there is one, there's one particular athlete, I can't remember whether it was like the Um, there's one particular athlete, he lost a, a huge amount of weight and then actually went to the CrossFit Games. So he's gone from that sickness, you know, he's walked into a gym, completely overweight, really struggling with his health, and he's progressed himself to actually going to the CrossFit Games. But then you've got people that are super talented, I think Graham Hol- Holmberg did, like, I think his first fran time was like three minutes, something wins across the games. But then obviously, as he gets older and matures, he's going to come back the other way and start working towards the health side of things and realize that actually now I'm not a competitive athlete. I'm going to rein things in. I'm just going to do one workout a day. I'm just going to my goal for that workout is just to move as best as I can. I'm not going to chase weights, try and progress. Um, But do you feel like so do you think that binary view is from outsiders looking in or where does that come from, do you think?
0: Um, I would say probably more from, I guess what gets pushed on social media or YouTube or yeah. or the media in general uh, is probably that they they again they so you you look at someone who's you know top tip of the spear top athlete yep. and all you see is the athlete and that side and you rarely see their recovery program or maybe their diet or this you know unless there's sort of a special Kind of one-off thing, but generally, it's look how amazing, i'll oh, look how many times they did this, and look how quickly they did that. yeah uh, And I think then you'll have people that will then push that out. Uh, you know, it's sort of the more. I guess you
1: see the outputs, not so much the process that goes into it.
0: Yeah, and I guess again, you hear more, you hear more of the extreme. So when there is a, a terrible injury, when there is you know something that goes wrong, that very quickly circulates. When everything's going well that's not news so you don't hear about that and i i, I think as well it's because like you you were mentioning like fran times and things like that if you go back to when the crossfit games began the weights were a lot lighter the times yeah. were a lot slower uh, the movements were a lot simpler but obviously now it has to progress each year it has to get harder mm. so people come in and maybe they've seen the last 2 years of games and that's sort of their benchmark yeah. and they didn't see you know you didn't see when Annie got her first muscle up like how much she struggled you just saw her when she was knocking out 20 unbroken muscle up. so you know you can't then just jump in and think well that's what I need to do it's sort of
1: that's a really good point and that's something that she'll probably we take for granted Shaq said and I and when we found CrossFit actually we managed to those weights you know 60 kilo grace was heavy like for us at the time it still is now but at the time that was that was a heavy heavy weight and uh you know 40 kilo thruster fran was like you know no joke and obviously five six seven years down the line it was yeah. you know, that 40 kilo was nothing like you, you it wasn't how it wasn't you know i'm speaking from my, my my perspective you know now it's like because we've evolved with the progression of uh, of the weight. obviously it's left us behind now <laughs> um but yeah, that's a really good point. Obviously, people coming into this now and seeing the weights that are being lifted, etc. And even just the expectation of being able to do Rex in our gym, you know, I think we, we don't do a good enough job of explaining to people that those recommended weights are for the best of the best. You know, we're, we're, we program for the the elite guys. And we all fall in line underneath, basically. And we're not expecting, we're expecting a very small minority of people to be able to do the recommended weights in the gym. And it's purposely there as a bit of a target because it always gives people something to work for, regardless of how fit you get. Because obviously, as people get fitter, they, they do want to progress. and They do want to try, try and get better. If we're not progressing those weights, then um, they're not going to feel like they're, they're progressing. And, and actually, you know, CrossFit is still in its infancy. And we don't know what where where the, you know the cap on human performance will be. People now running the 100, 100 meter sprint, you know, they we're talking about tenths of a second now. Whereas we're nowhere near that in CrossFit. I think in terms of people's progression, and there's so many things to progress as well, isn't there? So, so yeah, that's that's a that's a really good point. I think in terms of just where the sport is now compared to where it was and how, how much it's 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 grown and, and progressed and um, how that sets, I guess, a, a benchmark and a, uh expectation for people coming into
0: the gym. Yeah, which is for good and bad as well because that's where you get people that, I could never do that. And you're like, well, you could do, not necessarily that, but you could do exactly the same movement yeah. just with a lighter weight. But it's yeah. sort of, well, that's what you're expecting of me. And mm. Not, you just come in and do it, have a go. But, but, but at the same time, and I know so many people, and even talking to people f- through the podcast, like that, that I got into CrossFit because I saw the games and I yeah. wanted to to have a go at doing something like that. So, yeah, I, I think it definitely serves a purpose. Yeah, for sure. But I think people just need to rein in, uh, you know, be a little bit more realistic with. Okay, you know, that's one weekend. Yeah. That's not their entire life. I think even sanctionals are good are good for that that you see people throughout the year and you do see that they're sort of peaking at certain times and I think that's interesting that they seem to struggle a lot more at this competition at the games I saw them do something similar and they're like well yeah because I'm I'm kind of in my off season I'm just here to do a little tune-up and it starts to help you see it as a a year-long process as opposed to just zooming in at that weekend or maybe just regionals and then the games and when they're that peak peak condition Uh, i think like the open for us is sort of a similar thing isn't it that's where we get to kind of have a go at you know maybe going a little bit heavier than we'd usually go because exactly and it kills you it's (laughs) yeah
1: i think there's exactly and there's a i think there's there's a good distinction i think what the open highlights is there is trading and then there's competing and um the the open is competing it's a, it's a test it's a test of your fitness it's a test of your fitness over the year um and it takes a lot out of you those that have done the open those have experienced the open because you there's an incentive to push that a little bit harder if we did that every day it's not sustainable we'd all burn out and you know be broken and i think it's really important to make that distinction between you know here's a benchmark test like we did grace last week um slightly heavier by design because shacks wanted that to be heavier so it just slowed people down and they didn't just rally through it and chase like a grace time basically um but there are there's a time and place for that and you'll see that in a max lift as well we don't every week we don't just come in and do a max lift we'll peak for five we'll, we'll do a build for five or six weeks um you know we we talked about this as well we talked about uh waiving some of the strength tests so obviously this first little batch of uh tests that we we do, or waves that we did progressions that we did the back squat on the clean and jerk fell in the same week now um there's not a problem with that but i think we were looking to try and wave it and be a bit more progressive of it so that you're you may be just hitting one max a week because it's gonna the, the hitting a max takes a lot out of your nervous system it doesn't it doesn't exhaust you in the same way as doing a 10 15 20 minute workout does where it leaves you kind of on your knees gasping for air but it it, it takes a lot out of your nervous system and, and your body and you don't notice at the time but you might notice it two days afterwards like you're just incredibly hungry very tired and you can't figure out why as well because you've just lifted as much weight as your body possibly can it needs to recover from that um, and uh, that's a test if we did that every single day again it's not sustainable. So i guess the point i'm trying to make is there's there's a time to go as hard as you possibly can but those are few and far between because they take so much out of you and when we're trying to especially those that are training three, four, five times a week we need to do it in a progressive way and we shouldn't be going as hard as we possibly can every single day because it's not sustainable over the long term and you've you've had a lot of conversations with shacks around this as well haven't you so he's he's kind of gone into detail with that so i'll let you Go dive into the show notes and find the uh, the episode that that's relevant to. But yeah, that's a, it's a good point. You know, time and a place, open, yeah, let's go for it. Let it shackles off, let's try and go a little bit heavier because the, the, we don't have a choice. The weights are, are laid out for us. But in our own training, we need to be far more progressive.
0: And then I think it, it does help you to kind of set goals for the the coming year almost. Uh, I think I remember doing the, the first open, that was this, the, the one of. Three opens ago, basically now, because we had that sort of two in, two in one year. Yeah. Um. But the year be- before that, two
1: thousand eighteen, February two thousand eighteen would it have
0: been. been eighteen? So we did eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Yeah. So it would have been eighteen. I remember doing that. That was my first open and doing the whole thing RXed. Yeah. And definitely was the first time I'd ever used like the twenty two point five dumbbells. Yeah. It was, and it was fine, but everything felt heavy. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I need I need to get bigger this is these weights are crushing me so yeah. that was then like my goal over the next kind of year and then mm-hmm. I did the next over like everything still feels really heavy <laughs> <laughs> so I think I've put on about 10 kilos which has made all of those movements a lot easier yeah but all the strict gymnastic movements yeah. are a lot more difficult they were you know two well three years ago when I came in that was sort of the only Your yeah that was oh, Pull-up's great, good, finally. Uh, and now, still still good, but...
1: Finding that sweet spot, isn't it? And finding that balanced fitness where you can still maintain some of that, but you've got a little bit of uh, weight behind you to to be able to lift those loads. Actually, interesting, I, I do feel like uh, CrossFit and Castro are definitely putting less emphasis on the loadings being so heavier. because you can keep increasing the loading, but at what point does that then affect the overall test and make it too heavy because there was a time a little bit before you started where there was a massive emphasis on strength and it was always like always do strength session and it, and and actually what what that resulted in is everybody sacrificing a lot of things that you're talking about body weight movements cardiovascular you know because you're heavier it's harder to 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 pump oxygen around the blood etc and it, it became very heavy focused in. actually what's great is it feels like it's becoming more rounded now. And you look at, you know, you can argue all you want about the CrossFit games and whether it's a fair test, but you, you look at the athletes that were in that top 10 come Sunday at the games and they're all slighter athletes, you know, not, not the strongest girls. The difference was the ones that were strong that could manage the loads were the ones that stood on the podium and one, you know? And I think, um, Yeah, I think that's the right... You look at the pyramid of CrossFit, we've got metabolic condition at the bottom. First and foremost, you should be able to, you know, breathe and use your lungs, etc. Then we've got gymnastics above that. So, cardio, let's say traditional cardio, and then gymnastics, moving your own body weight, is more important than weight training. Weight training is then above that, and then we've got sport at the top. So, obviously, nutrition at the bottom. That's a podcast for another day. Then whatever episode x um but yeah first and foremost and, and so although we do need to get stronger actually i would say it's less important in our overall fitness than the other two elements before Being able to move our body weight well um and also uh just our aerobic capacity and our uh metabolic conditions so yeah
0: i'm i'm trying to dial in the uh the nutrition as well that's that yeah. that's I know that's what I need to do. I, I think, you know, five kilos less, I'll be I'll be hitting that sort of... It's
1: behavioural science, though. It's behavioural and psychological science. Nutrition, isn't it? Like, you know what and you shouldn't eat, but... But it tastes so good. Yeah, exactly. It tastes so good. Gives us enjoyment. External factors you can't control. I always joke with Meg, like, we we never used to have sweet stuff in the house ever like gen generally never had it we just because you just went by you go to the supermarket and you'd buy what you needed and then if you were gonna have a treat then you'd have to like make that trip to the shop to get it now since the kids
0: have come along it's like we've
1: got a whole tin of stuff and i'm like uh, if it's not for us it's probably not good for the kids but
0: you know and then you feel as, as a responsible father i should probably eat this so that my children don't <laughs>
1: yeah I, yeah yeah no so uh, it is a minefield it is a minefield and uh Anyway, yeah. Tell us about nutrition. If I guess what you um, what you're grappling with from nutrition, what what do you find, you know, the most challenging thing with your nutrition?
0: Yeah, probably just eating the things I. Eat. Uh, oh, pasta. Okay, that's definitely my. Yeah. Uh, so that that goes back to living in Italy for ten years. Basically ingrained in your DNA now. Yeah, and like if I need a quick lunch that is going to fill me up. I know I can I can make and sorry, I'll cook the pasta, but then I'll like make the sauce from scratch. Yeah. But yeah. I can do that within sort of ten minutes yeah. and make something that tastes really good and fills me up. But I know I shouldn't eat that much pasta. Like I yeah. I know that. Yeah, but it's so easy
1: for everyone listening. Why should, why do you think you shouldn't eat that so much pasta?
0: It's a huge amount of pasta. <laughs> the, the the quantity is too much, definitely, and because it's it is basically an almost only carb meal that gets converted that, into sugar yeah there's no because even if i put you know something in the in the sauce there's some yeah. minuscule traces of protein in there yeah it's still completely you know skewed towards the carbs it's just yeah. it's, it's like 90 percent carbs and then yeah. everything else uh so i i know that's not what i should be eating yeah
1: but it's easy it's efficient it's cheap
0: yeah but i mean to be honest that's That's when I'm at home, which isn't that often. So, um, and then it's more because of the sort of nature of my work and moving from job to job, and and I'm always sort of on the move. Being able to eat, in general, is is not easy. So, kind of
1: when you're trying to get stronger, not
0: eating is yeah not the best plan. Exactly, that's actually that's a problem. So I I try meal prepping. You know, I'm, I'm. It's a bit like the whole going to the gym initially. So like going to the gym and you're doing the, you know, a couple of months and then you just fall off. So I'll meal prep, I'll prepare my lunch and yeah. I'll do a couple of weeks that I've got these really good healthy lunches yeah. and then it just starts to <laughs> to slide back into, oh, I'll just buy a sandwich because that'll be yeah. quicker and easier and yeah. I don't have time to, to do it in the morning.
1: Yeah. I'm interested. What do you think that does that habit? Because that, that ha- habit kind of drops off and... Is it just a case of like you do on a Sunday and if you don't have, if something happens on that Sunday or whatever day or?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's just time, to be honest. Uh, I I get up about half five to to go to work. So it's sort of start very early and then I'm in here and get, you know, 8 p.m. till 9. So don't get home until after 9. So there's sort of not a lot of time in the evening to do stuff before going to bed to get up so early. There's a baby, there's harvey yeah. there's so this it it, it's just time so yeah time management would be great but um which we do we, you know you get it in you get yeah. a nice route so like finally the baby's sleeping that's great yeah. we've got a little bit more time and then the teeth start coming through and that good sleep habits have suddenly gone out the window so I, i've forgotten all this so i've got all this to don't come all right, it's coming to. back <laughs> get ready so yeah i think it's just it is just life, basically. That yeah.
1: So what have you found? So obviously they are the, the challenges, and and it's really relevant to the people listening at home because we all have those similar challenges. Uh, what have you found uh, has worked for you? What what uh, are there any like I guess hacks or or routines that you've done that have 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 actually been successful? And whether that's coming to the gym, just being consistent with a particular time that you come to the gym, or something to do with your nutrition, lifestyle, anything like that.
0: Yeah, I I think what works for me that might not work for for everyone because i know quite often we talk about not doing things in extremes yeah i find it's easier for me to stick to something if i if i say i will not have this anymore yep i can at least resist longer than if i say oh i'll have it now and again and then i feel like now and again just turns into almost always so uh, like recently for reasons i stopped drinking coffee yep just because i got into that bit of i was having too much and I was just having too much. And people said to me, well, why don't you just say I'll have one in the morning? I'm like, because if I have one in the morning, I don't feel there's that same, you know, then I get off. It's a freezing cold day. I'm outside and someone offers me a coffee. Yeah. Well, I drink coffee. So I'll say yes. Whereas now, because I'm not drinking coffee, I'll say, sorry, I'm not, I'm not drinking yeah, coffee.
1: Your name is Jason and you do not drink coffee is very different to, yeah, I like coffee, but I'm trying not to drink it. It's the same as I heard this on another podcast. I can't remember which one, but it's the same as uh, smoking. Your name is Jason, and you do not smoke, so you don't smoke. You're not going to have your cigarette here and there. And people that maybe did smoke before that don't now. You know, you can't cut down. I suppose you can cut down to a certain degree, but you need to go cool turkey and just not smoke, do you? So um, because once you have one, you're going to want another one, etc. And there's kind of a ripple effect, snowball effect, isn't it? So yeah, I think, and but also, I guess like you said it's a bit of extreme but it probably isn't if it's just one thing you know and I think that's a really good you know insight is if you're trying to cut stuff from your diet don't try and cut it all at once people say oh I can't go cold to turkey it needs to be progressive and I agree with that but why don't you just cut out one thing you know whether it's alcohol um, going to bed you know watching tv or you know a whole host of examples but just like you said, just Do one, because then that defines you as a person. Your name is Jason and you don't go to bed watching TV. Um, It's very different, isn't it? Yeah.
0: See, that's one where I'm doing a lot better at because I'm I'm reading a physical book instead of reading on the iPad or watching something. But now and again, you slip up because there's that show that you really wanted to watch and it sort of come out and you come back late and it's, oh, I'm going to watch that. And then you fall asleep watching it and you're like, oh, failed. But um, I think the other thing that I found is telling people went like like not drinking coffee yeah. yeah everybody that knows sort of that i that i see very often knows that at the moment i don't i don't drink coffee and it's been a couple of months now because i tell them and i feel like telling people not in a in a preachy way not sort of well oh, i don't drink coffee for this reason for that reason but just say ah oh, you know i've decided that i'm at the moment i'm not drinking it it just uh, they ask you know oh are you are you still not drinking coffee it's like that. and i and i find it keeps you accountable because yeah. you know you don't want to fail in front of other people kind of thing, even if you're not really failing, but in your mind. And it's the same with like coming at eight o'clock. So eight o'clock is the time I come to the gym. Kind of everybody knows that's the time I'm coming. And so I get messages, you know, the workout gets posted. Somebody sends me a message. Hey, have you seen this? Are you in tonight? Yeah. And, and people know what I like and what I don't like. So hey, have you seen this? Shax has put balls on again. Yeah. Are you coming? Of course I'm coming because you know, if I'm not coming, <laughs> <laughs> it's because i've seen warbles and yeah. i don't want you to say ha you didn't come because there were warbles. so sort of that accountability among among other people at the class is great so like yes it's huge people around you supporting you you know
1: and if you're somebody at home listening and you are trying a new routine you need the support of your partner and if they're not there supporting you you know then uh, you you're setting yourself up for failure because you need, you need that support network around you and you need that accountability as well. And that person saying, hey, I thought you said you were, you know, you weren't having sugar and you're about to buy Kit Kat." you know. Random example, but.
0: Yeah, well, it works. I, I found a, a good way. So so if you if you want that support network at home, you want them to help you go to the gym is just when you don't go, be terrible at Be home. as irritating yeah. as possible. So, you know, especially with when we had Emily, it was sort of like, well, now we've got two kids at home time is very precious me going out every night to the gym is a luxury and uh, there was sort of a should should this continue is this allowed if I don't go for a week I am snapping at everyone and everything around me yeah and so Rochelle is like you go you need to go this is for you so go so um I feel a little bit guilty about going but I know that I'm a nicer person at home. because yeah. it's uh, definitely harder
1: when they de- they they're in a p- not in a position to be able to go at the time, isn't it? That is what it gets difficult because we kind of have our cake and eat it as dads, don't we? I guess, yeah. uh, and then we can uh, literally have our cake and eat it because we've also <laughs> been going to the gym. Yeah. So it was a double whammy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's cool. Okay, mate. Well. Should we wrap it there? That's uh, that's probably this might be your longest one yet, is
0: it? Oh, well, not after I edit it. Uh, <laughs> remove all. Of the, remove all of this. Have you got enough time just for our spotlight of a member? Yeah. Uh, so of course we're going to briefly throw back to me. Hey,
1: this is your podcast, mate. So
0: well, not today. <laughs> so
1: I thought this was one that you would uh, you do.
0: I do after. I do occasionally, but it's always nicer when we can do it together because okay. you know you get to ask answer. If it's a fun fact, what do you think? Oh, of right. Yeah, 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 of course. So, um, which, you know, apologies again to the last episode where Sam didn't know which Simon we were talking about. Well, it was quite a tricky one. We d- did we ever get to the bottom yeah, of that? Yeah, we did. We did. And that will be in the intro. Okay. <laughs> okay, fair enough. There you go. So, long time listener from probably episode one, our good friend Tiago. Tiago. Obviously trains at Bath. Yeah. yeah. What time do you usually train? 7 p.m.? I think he's pretty consistent with that because I quite often see him as I'm as I'm coming in, he's yeah. going out. So I'll, I'll believe him. I believe him. Favourite movement in CrossFit? Any guesses? I would say front squat. Well, you'd be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you'd guess. Rowing. Oh, there you go. So rowing, which is uh, not one of my favourites. I quite like rowing, but I'm short, so it's annoying. Yeah. Most hated movement. Obviously, a listener to the podcast, he has, of course, selected Warble. warbles.
1: <laughs> so my prediction of front squats is probably even further away. Then.
0: Obviously, I quite like front squats. I don't have to throw the bar away afterwards.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: How did you find CrossFit? So he said word of mouth. Interesting. Uh, he wanted to do something different, to be active and fit. His choices were either CrossFit or swimming. Okay. Which is a lot more boring, lonely, and not really new to me. Yeah, and he reckons he's been doing it about two years. I think he's been doing it a bit longer than that because I feel like I remember sort of doing a few workouts with him when I was just getting into it. Yeah, so it's probably creeping up to three years for him as well. He's just erased like a year from his mind. (laughs) Yeah, for that really bad year, (laughs) those lifts didn't count. Any movement that would have been a no rep, he's just not counted. Yeah. Fun fact about himself. Now this is a dangerous fun fact to share because he told us he likes to bake in his time off. Okay. Well then, I'd like to see evidence of this baking skills. Sorry, slightly
1: disappointed that he hasn't brought anything in for us.
0: That's what I'm thinking. Do you know what I actually? Now I'm going to say this now on the
1: podcast. It is it is actually quite um, frustrating when people bring in baked treats to the gym because everyone's trying their best to like you can't. I can't. It's 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 one of those ones where you're really grateful that person's made the effort to 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 bring something in or make you something but also like I don't want to eat that I'm trying to to not get put on any weight so I'm trying to live a healthy lifestyle so it kind of just usually just sits there nobody feels comfortable to take it because they're that person taking it everyone's going to judge them and stuff like it's it's like a double-edged sword really
0: it would be almost like parking a kebab van outside the doors (laughs) (laughs) don't get started on that well that was his his fun fact I think you know Tiago he's he's also quite often sent in warm-up questions and yeah. different things so he's a, a loyal listener so thank yeah. you very much fan of the show as they say he's one of the top 10 definitely yeah. Yeah. i'll do a list one day okay so there's only 11 people yeah <laughs> well i guess it hands back to me for a few seconds yeah thank you very much no thank
1: you jace honestly i i, like I said at the beginning we are very grateful for you to to pull this thing together it's completely out of my skill set so uh, i i get to do the fun stuff and sit down and, and talk to you for a an hour and um, you're the one that puts all the hard work behind the scenes. So a uh, massive thank you to you and uh, yeah, let's keep it going.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see because this episode might get negative downloads. So we'll see what happens. And now we'll just head over to, I have no idea what I'm going to say in the outro, but yeah. it'll be interesting to find out. Yeah. All right. Nice one, Jace. So I hope you enjoyed uh, that chat. Um, <laughs> it sounds quite vain saying <laughs> that I hope you enjoyed the chat when it was all about me, but anyway, I, I hope you found something interesting there. If you want to know what's to come, as I said, the episodes are going to be coming out uh, more frequently now. I can give you a few spoilers. So obviously, there's going to be an episode with Ollie coming up soon, where we talk about the the impact we could say of of what's happened here with the coronavirus. I'm also going to have a couple of international guests. Uh, one who uh, is maybe indirectly responsible for me doing this podcast, even if he doesn't know that. Uh, another person who, if you like CrossFit and you're on Instagram i um, pretty sure you'll see I've seen something of this person as well uh, and then maybe a former member will be coming on to talk about uh, something quite personal for them with regards to CrossFit and I'm trying my best to put together uh, a group discussion of maybe the 8 p.m. crew seeing as we're not seeing each other anymore uh, at the gym at the moment we thought it'd be great to uh, just get everyone on mic and just have a chat and you can see why the 8 p.m. class is maybe the best class and you should all join that one. So that's just a, a little taste of things to come. Hope everybody's uh, keeping well, staying safe and um, being sensible and uh, look forward to seeing you all next week. Wow, next week on the next episode of the Crossfit Bath podcast.